Welcome to this week's episode of Time Added On. Recording this on a on a Monday night, slightly later than planned, slightly later than scheduled. I think we were slightly feeling the effects of Saturday afternoon, Tom, weren't we? Um, all smiles after three points at the weekend. And it's been another strong week for Forrest, taking four points out of six, two home games. Um, how are you, Tom? Are you well? I saw you yesterday, spent far too much time with you this weekend. I know, it's too much time for me to be spending with you, spending up both my Saturday and my Sunday. No, I'm good. I'm good, thank you, mate. It was a good train journey, Tom. It was a good train journey. Obviously, our listeners might have seen the pictures on uh, on our Twitter feed, but yeah, we had it was good fun. We had some good fun Saturday, didn't we? We did, yeah. Well, it was my first. It was actually the first win I got to see us have all season. So uh, yeah, no, it was uh, it was oh, yeah, a good afternoon. Time, you missed the, you missed the Blackpool game, didn't you? You were you were doing other things, horse racing, but exactly. Uh, Never any excuse that, but yeah, good good week for Forest. We've got an international break ahead now. Um, so an interesting thing. On, well, I saw a, a post on Twitter today that was obviously looking at the progress for Forest from the first second, and obviously this is now the third international break of the season. Quite a nice uh, synergy in terms of you can see the progress under Steve Cooper, can't you? Obviously, the first international break we were rock bottom of the table then up to 17th, and now up to 13th. It's, um, it, I mean, it's been, I was going to say it was steady progress, but it, it's been remarkable, that, remarkable, hasn't it, the turnaround in the last few weeks? Yeah, yeah, I think, you know, it's. I think we saw it, didn't we, before in that in that little bit of good run uh, that, that we had. And um, then obviously there was a couple of games where of things, not everything went our way, but you could still see the performances there. And I've spoke about it, haven't we, before in this pod where I feel like, we're going through even when we lost 4-0 at home to Fulham there was people applauding at the end it's you know a clear difference that we're seeing both you know I, I suppose just the approach and the intent of from the off in games it's always it's it's been a, a good fresh a bit of fresh air for us I suppose in terms of um, you know the approach and, and how we're going about it so I feel you know the fans are fully on board with that aren't they? Oh, yeah, 100%. Yeah, we don't, don't even need to question that, do we? Just the, the atmosphere, obviously, the, the last couple of home games, ever since Steve Cooper came in, but the atmosphere is brilliant, wasn't it? Again, Saturday. I mean, in the last week, we had two huge home crowds, you know, 27,000, there for a midweek, albeit against Sheffield United, obviously, big game, big game in the Championship, big game for Forest. But then to follow that up a few days later with another 27,000, 28,000 there, I mean, the, the 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 fans have really bought into it and you can see the atmosphere at the end you know obviously always nice always easy after a 3-0 home win but it it was more than that it's the connection now between the fans the players the coach it, it's just there's a real feel good factor isn't there at the minute in terms of I know we're going to this international break but it's actually quite nice to stop reflect and obviously we've got a, a, a mammoth schedule coming up now obviously after the next international break right up until Christmas and obviously into that FA Cup weekend um, at the start of January. But but Forest go into that run of games, and we'll, we'll talk about it towards the end of the pod, but Forest will go into that run of games now in a really good place. And it, it's just, it's a remarkable in terms of what the change change has been in, in the space of two months. But yeah, they'll enjoy this two-week break, won't they? They'll, they'll probably not want it to end. They're on such a good roll. We said that last time around. But they'll definitely enjoy their, their little bit of rest and recuperation. I mean, it sounds like Stevie Cooper's out in Greece with uh, with good old Dave Murphy seeing the owner this week. He's having to be treated to a couple of days in Greece for his good work. So, I mean, everyone's going to enjoy the rest. But as Steve Cooper said, following on from the 
from the win at the weekend. There's still plenty of work to do, but they'll enjoy that work, won't they? Yeah, yeah. I think the last time, the last international break we were in, I think quite there was a few few of the players that came out. I think Lyle Taylor was one and a couple of others saying how much they enjoyed kind of how much they were learning under Steve Cooper. And it's another two weeks, I suppose, for Steve Cooper to try and get more out of the players. I think, you know, after the last game, it was just that in his post-match interview, said there was things that he did like, still things, a lot of things that he didn't. So he'll be using this time wisely, I would have thought, and, um, you know, to try and get the best out of these players over what you've already said is obviously already a, a big run of games as we're going to the festive period. It's always, uh, it's always an interesting one and it can be such an important run as well. This next run of games, as you as you're around the festive period, it can kind of, you know, really decipher who who we think is going to be in and around and challenging for a place, and who might be uh, one a, a team that might drop off or or whatever. So, yeah, it's going to be a good two week period, and um, you know, hopefully, enjoy his holiday in Greece and then get get back to business. But let's get let's let's get into it then. Let's talk about the last two games before we we talk about what's coming up after the international break. It was two two big home games in the week, and it was we talked about it last weekend, wasn't it? It's was a big chance. It's a big chance for Forest. But first and foremost, they they needed to improve their city ground form, didn't they? And and Sheffield United first up of the in the week, identical record to us. That was always going to be a big challenge. Sheffield United had a bit of a stuttering start, obviously after their relegation. Uh, from the Premier League last season, but I mean, what are your overall thoughts on this one, Tom? It was uh, it was a, it was a tense and cagey affair, wasn't it? Probably the first one we've really seen under Steve Cooper, where it was it was a little bit of cat and mouse, a little bit of chess. Yeah, it seemed like it was two teams trying to work each other out, weren't it? It's uh, a lot of the game, basically, kind of two teams going going at each other, but just trying to work out where that next mistake might come from and where the weakest parts of the team are. They, Sheffield United, were going quite clearly after Forrest's right-hand side um, in a game where they lost their first-choice left-back. Um, and and Forrest were obviously also maybe slightly more tentative than they had been in, in previous games at, at times anyway. I feel like... Um, they they were trying to work out, you know, obviously that, that might have been a, a point that Steve Cooper was trying to do, obviously maybe trying to hit Sheffield United out on the break. But and I know in a lot of games Sheffield United have played, they've had maybe more of the ball but not been not been winning games. Teams have been kind of catching them on the break. But yeah, it was an interesting one and it had for a majority of the game until it kind of opened up to, right towards the end, was basically just a battle between two teams who, who were basically just trying to find that one small mistake. You talked about it there, obviously, the, the, the main change that came for Forrest was obviously uh, Max Lowe not being able to play against his parent club. And obviously we were debating on the pod, weren't we, in, in pre-match, we were talking about who, who potentially was going to come into that, to fill that left wing-back role. Gitan Bong would have been the, the obvious, having been on the bench so long this season in terms of obviously deputising only the one defender on the bench week in week out but he went for Jack Colback and, and testament really to obviously the, the performances that Jack Colback has put in recently I suppose testament as well to the trust that, that Steve Cooper has in Colback I mean I was going to talk about this later on in, in this section but I mean how good has Jack Colback been over recent weeks to really cement his place in the team and and not only that, but obviously he's become one of Steve Cooper's tried and trusted players now, hasn't he? Um, he's been absolutely brilliant. Yeah, again, spoken about it before, kind of thought his, his Forest career was, was done with. 
Um, he then has become such an important player in central midfield and then is able to do a job filling in at left back. I personally actually thought he was man of the match for the game. Maybe, yeah, circumstances maybe forced me to to pick him. But I felt like he deserved it. And he's he's working hard, he's confident, he's happy, he's enjoying himself. And, you know, if you'd asked me when Steve Cooper was appointed that he would have become a key player, I would have probably laughed. But, but you know, he's doing such a good job and um, he's showing probably why, you know, we've got quite a young squad this year compared to previous squads we've had over the last few years. And maybe, just maybe, he's, you know, excelling so much in this squad because he's having to become a bit of a figurehead, you know, along along the likes of, of Lewis Grabbin and, you know, Joe Lolly in some respects as well. You know, he's having to kind of, you know, his hand's been forced in terms of showing that experience compared to everyone else. He's got something that he doesn't have. He can rest on and rely on everyone around him, some of the younger lads. Um, and now he's able to kind of be a bit of a, you know, uh, uh, an experienced head in that central midfield compared to the rest of the lads around him. He's doing the job that we 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 saw of him when he came in, right, in terms of when he was in that first spell under Karanka and he was getting up and down the pitch, he was chipping in with goals. You know, he, he was an integral player during that first period under Karanka and we're starting to see glimpses of that Jack Cole back now and there was a real clamour. There was an excitement even last season, you know, when he re-signed that, you know, we, we were excited when Jack Colback signed for Forest, and, and and it's great to see him playing. You know, the type of football and the game that we know he can do. Yeah, to, to slot in on that left hand side. I mean, the one thing obviously we did lose. You know, midweek it started was Max Lowe and Spence have been absolutely brilliant and going forward, and obviously they've been the two real outlets alongside Brendan Johnson. Obviously, we knew that obviously Colback playing out there. We weren't going to have the same type of strength. Obviously, Spencer's always still likely to go and attack on the on the right hand side. I suppose the balance of the team they need to just be wary of that, didn't they? In terms of that, you know, if one went and the other one didn't, it didn't lopside them. But Forrest, certainly in that first half, and probably as you say, right up until that last twenty minutes where the game did open up and it needed to open up for obvious reasons. But Forrest seemed really happy, didn't they, to to concede possession to sit in. And just really look to hurt Sheffield United on the break. It's, I suppose, that's the type of game we might have seen against Fulham, and the type of approach we might have seen against Fulham had Fulham obviously not scored so early on, and that changed the dynamic of the game. Um, Forrest slightly guilty, maybe, in that first 60, 70 minutes of showing Sheffield United too much respect, or was that just the nature of the team? Identical records, as I said, right at the top. They, you know, they, they'd won the same, lost the same, drawn the same, completely identical. Did Forrest show too much respect or was it just a case of it was just two evenly balanced sides just really tactically going at each other? And Steve Cooper said afterwards, didn't he? It was a tactical match. It was ones that he really enjoyed. They were just trying to work each other out and, and they were both just cancelling each other out because there wasn't really a, a sniff, was there? I mean, there was, there was a handful of chances uh, Brewster should have done better with a chance in the first half. Sheffield United, obviously Taylor had the one from the corner where he just kind of stuck his leg out and, and you know just went wide. Probably could have done better. And while we're right at the end of the first half with a glancing header from the corner, but, but other than those three kind of chances, if you like, it was absolutely nothing. It, it was just it was just even Stevens wasn't in that first half. Yeah, I think I don't know whether some of it was maybe to do with. Obviously, in the home game before that, they lost 4-0 at home mm. to, to Fulham. Yeah. Um, whether there was a bit of a desire to make sure that, obviously, they just picked up a last-minute point 
at, at QPR, which I've, I've already said I felt like was quite an important point. And maybe they just didn't want to go all guns blazing and risk losing what could be such an important point in in having morale up in the team. I mean, also what you've got to realise is, you know, I've, I've said it before then, um, Sheffield United, yeah, although they haven't maybe been the strong team everyone expected this season, not been getting all the results they want, actually have been dominating possession in a lot of games. Um, and probably that came into Cooper's thinking that how has everyone else hurt Sheffield United? And I think probably also Sheffield United will have been expecting, well, this is a confident Forest side, so they're going to try and dominate the ball. And maybe that was in, in the thinking. Sometimes these tactical games can be, you know, who's going to outdo one another. Probably important not to, you know, tactically almost getting too much inside your own head. Um, yeah. But but I feel like, yeah, it was just two teams really that were trying to work each other out and and maybe were both respectful of the situation that they both found themselves in. Both saw two two teams that have good players, um, but maybe just hadn't been getting everything their own way throughout the, the season so far. So, yeah, I think it was maybe there were other circumstances in it, but I do think it was probably just two managers who were quite enjoying the battle. Yeah, definitely. And it took, I mean, the second half was even tighter, wasn't it? Um, it, it took the, obviously the Sheffield United goal to Forest go one behind. It, it took that to really spark the game into life. Old timers, I, I, I use that carefully because both uh, certainly Graben's younger than me. But Graben and Billy Sharp coming off the pitch, it really stepped it up a gear, didn't it? Both of them just they've got that championship know-how. We had a good chat on Saturday at the Preston uh, the Preston game, and we were just talking about. Grabbing and, and for all his critics, he's just got that championship now. Aaron. I mean, Billy Sharp's an unbelievable player at this level. And, and when those two came on, you always thought there was a chance that that one of them could obviously nick the winner. And Billy Sharp didn't get the winner, but I mean, he set it up beautifully for for, for Gibbs White was on a, to put it on a plate for him, um, and just to get in behind that Forest defensive line for the first time of the evening. You, you feared for Forest, didn't you? With twenty to go. You thought that that you know it was a tight game. It was going to be settled by one goal, as good a goal as it was. You know, and Forest have, have talked about they never give up, they never relent. It was it was difficult to see Forest getting a goal at that point. Yeah, it almost felt like two teams who were going at each other so tactically, and then one made the first move, and it was Sheffield United who made the first move in my eyes. Um, and you know, bringing on Billy Sharp and getting that goal. It was then, you know, forced Forest and they had to make their move and it became quite an open game, you know, with two two experienced players up front for both teams. Um, yeah, getting the goal did kind of force Forest and I suppose the disappointment for, in my eyes anyway, was, you know, and I think Steve Cooper's preferred to him raised it in his, his post-match in, in not even that game, but the, the one after. Um, you know, even said, you know, probably something that we've done a bit too much of is actually conceding the first goal and having to come back in games, whether that's getting last minute equalisers, last minute winners, whatever it is, you know, as good as those moments have been, it would have, you know, been nicer to have seen Forrest, you know, get that first goal or, or whatever. And obviously we were speaking before this game saying that it's, it's a winnable game, you know, it was always going to be a battle and probably close, uh, a, a close tight, tight affair. But, you know, it would have been nice to have seen Forrest make that first move. But look, yeah, Billy Sharp comes on, he changes the game for Sheffield United and Grevin comes on for Forrest and, and Forrest have to go for it because they're now 1-0 down. And and he changes the game for, for Forrest as well. So it was a really interesting one. 
And uh, yeah, the disappointment will be that actually maybe the game didn't open up a little bit early because I think it would have been quite interesting to see how it has turned out. Yeah, it's harsh on Forest. Harsh on Forest to go one year down and say at that point of the game, if anyone anyone deserved it, you just thought it was going to be one goal that potentially might nick it. That the Forest just really sparked into life after that, as they always do. They responded really well. Again, they showed that same type of courage. They didn't panic. That was the best thing as well. Continued as they've done time and time again when they've been chasing games. They've continued to play in the style that's obviously, you know, he's done them so, served them so well since Steve Cooper comes in. You know, they don't start lumping the ball forward. Um, let's just go back slightly to another penalty shout. And we were debating this one again quite a bit at the weekend, but Johnson gets clipped, gets clipped on the heels uh, in front of the Trent end. All intents and purposes, looks like a penalty. Um, he was absolutely convinced it was a penalty. Sheffield United players obviously took great, uh, great offence in that. Chris Basham was not happy, was he, with uh, with Brendan Johnson for going down? I've watched it back three, four, five times, from different angles on Twitter. Um, I'm a I'm a Forest fan. It, it, there was contact made. I'd want a penalty. If I'm playing devil's advocate you could potentially see why the referee's not given that. It's tough, but it, for me, it was a penalty. But having even, like I say, still watched it back, I, I don't think it was a stonewaller. I'm going to get absolute pelters for that. But I can sympathise with the referee on that one, I think. Yeah, I just felt, you know, there have been a couple of penalties before in different games that were definite more bigger shouts than, than that one was. And unfortunately, rightly or wrongly, and I don't, you know, I'm not saying he should have this reputation, but, you know, maybe did, you know, he have the opinion of the referee that he maybe went down too easily um, and that he was, he was looking for it. I personally didn't think it was a penalty, but, you know, either way it could have gone. Um, I personally just felt it was maybe a, a, a tad too soft. Yeah, we're going to get hammered for that. But look, I, I can I say I think it was a pen. Um, I think the others in the games pr- prior to it have obviously been at like the, the two runs at QPR were, were, were more blatant than that in terms of the contact, etc. Um, as I say, I just think from the referee's angle, I can see why he's not giving it, but I can also see why people in that trend ten would have uh, were, were howling for it on uh, on Tuesday night. But anyway, look, Forest continued. Forest got back in it. Forrest got the deserved equaliser, so he didn't deserve to go behind. Graben had a great chance, to be fair, even before he got the equaliser. I mean, the equaliser was huge Graben at his best. The ball comes in. Didn't take it cleanly. Obviously, he actually got his head to it, knocked it down. And that's a proper stretch to beat the keeper. But he got there. He's, he's just a great poacher. I mean, he is on. he's back to, obviously, great form, isn't he, at the minute, in terms of you give Lewis, Lewis Graben a chance in the box. And, and, and he'll, he'll normally put it away. Obviously, there was a few, you know, guilty ones that he missed previously in the in the, in the recent games and the run up to it. Which we talked, we dwelled on them, the the, the Fulham one. But again, in and around that six yard box, he's absolutely deadly, isn't he? And uh, at that point, you're thinking, right, you know, go and win it. There was still obviously five ten minutes to go in the game, stoppage time. You, you're thinking, you know, Forest have got themselves back into it. They're going to do the usual. They went to grab the ball out the back of net. And they went for it. But, I mean, both teams had, had decent chances, didn't they? Both both sides 
had chances to win it. You just felt Forest were the ones that looked more more likely to go on if anyone was going to nick it. Yeah, probably slightly because of what's happened in previous games, right? Yeah, I felt like yeah. it was a bit box to box. I think um, you know Sheffield United looked to threat as well, um, and Forest only had one shot in, on target for the whole game in the end. Um, but you just always thought after Graben came on, you could get a goal. After what's happened in previous games, they could get a goal. I think both teams were really up for it, which is why I think almost why it was more of a shame that it didn't open up earlier than what it did. Um, so, yeah, good to see in the end and obviously kind of uh, textbook Forest uh, in previous games. But, um, yeah, not to be kind of this one just, just past that. You're not going to get a last-minute goal in every game, are you? So, um, Norwich did when they, got, when they got promoted. Norwich pretty much did it most true. weeks. I know, I know what you're saying. I know what you're saying. Now, I think, to be honest with you, a draw was a fair result on the balance, wasn't it? You said Forest didn't, didn't, didn't pepper the keeper. Forest, neither Bruce Samba wasn't peppered all evening. It was just one of those games. It was just a proper tie. Do you know what? In some respects, it's a classic championship game. And you're going to get those games this season. The, the, the middle of that league is it, crazy. We talked about the pod last week, didn't we, in terms of fifth all the way down to 19, like five, six points. Separate. You're going to get games where teams just cancel each other out in the middle of that table. And they're, they're two strong-looking teams. And I think Sheffield United have got enough in that squad um, to, to, to get themselves much higher up the league in that second half of the season. And obviously, Forrest are on their own kind of progression path, if you like, that should see them obviously finish, you know, you know in, in the mid to upper parts of the table. We'll, we'll talk about where, you know, what we expect from that later on. But, you know, both of these sides are progressing. Both of them have had slightly different starts in terms of the nature of how they've gone about it. But you can see that both of them are, are, are still decent sides. We talked about Garner. Garner was given man of the match. Obviously, we would have given it to Colback. I'm not quite sure how James Garner got man of the match, but Colback was absolutely superb. Spence on the other side, we talk about him every week, but he was also superb. Um, yeah, I mean, I'd have given it to Colback personally, but look, good performances all around. Nicely Ben Osborne getting there. Getting a decent reception as well, as did David McGoldrick, as did Billy Sharp. Obviously, Sheffield United are pretty much Forest B team, aren't they? Um, but nice to see Benny get a good reception, wasn't it? Yeah, it was nice. It was it was nice. I mean, I hate Sheffield United, but yeah, it was nice. Nice to see him. Um, too much nice it is probably, eh, Tom? Too much nice it is for my liking, yeah. I mean, I haven't got any time from. So um, <laughs> they made they made the bed, you know. They've gone there. So um, no, I mean, yeah, Ben Osborne there. Uh, obviously, will get a good reception. So will Billy Sharp, David McGoldrick. Yeah, yeah. I ain't got well, uh, no Sheffield United. Nah. Too much, too Done. much for me. Done. Let's let, let's draw let's a line. Too nice. let's talk, yeah. Let's talk about Preston. The next one still in search of that infamous clean sheet. And um, Preston up. Preston obviously this weekend they're off the back of an absolutely epic win midweek away at Bournemouth. Um, I don't think anyone saw that one coming, but I mean, great three points for them. Great travelling support down there on the South Coast as well for a midweek. Um, absolutely phenomenal. That aside, obviously we talked about in the preview of the game um, last weekend, you, this is a game you, you Forest are going to progress and continue to, to move up the league. This is These are the types of game you, you've got to be taking by the scruff of the neck and winning, aren't they? Yeah, I think it probably raised a few flags when they beat um, beat Bournemouth in the game before. Um, and, you know, probably, um, 
you know, we thought maybe this one wasn't going to be quite as, as straightforward as we thought. I think, though, when you look at it on paper, even though Preston had just got two good results, so obviously they beat Luton for that as well. Um, it is a game that if you're if you're wanting to be at the right end of the table, it is one at home that you should be should be winning. Um, and I think you know Forrest set up with that intent. We said, didn't we, before before the week started, that it was two games that we thought uh, Forrest, you know, could could get maximum points out. Unfortunately, that wasn't case. That wasn't the case in midweek. But this was one. I think we all we all felt slightly more confident in, in that. Hopefully, it would be a good afternoon. Yeah, the, the team selection kind of nodded to the fact, and we debated it first half whether actually it was doing the job that it was designed to do in terms of the, the way they're mixing it up. But I mean, Cole back, back in the centre midfield, obviously Lowe came in at left back, Graben started up top, and Forrest switched in the system, didn't they? Going back to the, the 4 2 3 1 that Forrest had favoured. Um, you know, previously, obviously, in recent times, gone to the wing backs, but it, it, I suppose it's good for. It's good for Steve Cooper that he's shown that flexibility in games, hasn't he? Where he's kind of started with the wing back system, taken one of the centre halves off when we've unfortunately had to chase the game, and then gone for it with this formation. Forest have got that flexibility now, which is going to serve them so well, isn't it? In the fact that teams don't really know how Forest are going to play, how Forest are going to set up. And I thought it was interesting that, and, and, and I think probably the right move to, to, to remove one of the centre halves of this game and and throw an extra attacker on and really go from it from the off. I think Forest have obviously teams have obviously got used to Forest making that change on 60 minutes, haven't they? When they're kind of pushing for the game. But Cooper, Stevie Cooper, really, you know, as we've said, we fancied it. I think he fancied this one as well. But it, it, it's it's good to see that flexibility from the from the gaffer, isn't it? Yeah, I think we joked, didn't we, before the game that actually pretty much nearly in every single game he'd make the same. So not not that's not criticism of him, you know he's he's got the options that he's got. But obviously going towards the end of games where Forrest, you know, because they've gone a goal down or whatever it is, they're taking a centre back off and brought on Alex Mighton. Um, in this game, he probably just felt, look, Alex Mighton's been coming off the bench and, and causing problems. Why not start him? His home game, yeah, probably you've summed it up perfectly. It's a home game that we probably all thought, rightly or wrongly, arrogantly or not that the Forest could and should win, given, you know, the kind of runner form that they've been on. Um, so I think the the setup of the team was a testament to that. And I think it shows the the attacking attacking intent that they wanted to go off. I think sometimes um it did cause a few problems, but I feel like probably when you've been setting up with the three at the back for a majority of games, um probably that will always cause a slight headache for some of the players that maybe have been used to being sat somewhere slightly differently to what they were asked for. And I think especially the full-backs. Well, they got used to playing, you know, Forest for so long, they'd always played with a back four, right? It probably took them a while to, and well, it didn't take that long because they were straight into great form, weren't they, when we moved to three at the back. But then they've obviously started to play that way and they've moved back. So that got kind of, he's not chopping and changing, but that change, because he's not chopping and changing, which is a credit to him, Obviously, when they've been playing in a certain way, and I think if you if, you, if you're moved to a formation where you're chasing a game, the mentality is very different from starting a game in a in a certain formation. And I think it probably just it was probably just a little bit of rustiness in terms of that setup. And I think it showed, didn't it? This, this was one game where we've said we fancied it, everyone fancied it. You would expect the pace and, and for Forest to be right at it from the very first whistle. In truth, I think for the first 15, 20 minutes, it was as flat as a pancake, wasn't it? 
in terms of like Maita was getting on the ball and you know wasn't really getting into any areas or wasn't really you know the end product wasn't as dangerous as it, as it could have been. There was a lot of kind of huffing and puffing. It, it, it didn't really happen for Forest. Did it? I mean, the first chance for Forest didn't really come until 20 minutes in, and, and, and Yates is flashed a header wide at, at the post. And that's not a criticism. It was you know there was some decent build-up play within that in terms of the possession-based football. But it probably wasn't the start that everyone anticipated once you'd seen the team and the kind of the mentality going into the game. Yeah, I think um, you know, obviously I know we've not spoken about the key moments in the in the half yet, but almost felt like the scoreline at half time flattered them slightly. Um, because I just didn't feel like they were probably as free flow. And I think again it goes back to that change of system. I know, like we've said, they have done that change in system in, in games well, most games, quite often anyway, um, in terms of changing it up from the three at the back to the four at the back with an extra man up in an attacking midfield. But yeah, they weren't quite as free-flowing as they have been in, in other games. And for, for the game to end up in the scoreline, it did is quite... I think in the end, they did deserve the win, do not get me wrong, but I think, you know, it probably wasn't... There's been other games where they probably could have had three and they've only scored one for example. And this one mm. could quite easily have been a game where they only scored one, uh, but they've ended up scoring three. I think it just was maybe an adjustment period in the, in that first half for a, for a lot of it and just things not coming off. And, you know, you could also argue, you know, we've just come in and said, you know, we, we think this game was a game on paper that Forrest should be winning, but Preston would probably have confidence as well. Let's not get, get that wrong. They well, just Preston come off were the two in two, weren't they? They were two yeah. wins in two, so... Yeah. yeah, two wins in two, um, you know, and the way that they've, you know, set up their team. I mean, they had three at the back. Uh, they had pretty much five, five men in midfield. Um, so, you know, they had quite a lot of the ball, really, in the end. I think they ended up having more possession than Forrest uh, for, for the entire match. And I think probably they, they set up to try and frustrate Forrest in, in that respect. So probably more of a testament to them more than anything in terms of, you know, rather than it being a, a struggle from Forest, but yeah, the first half wasn't maybe the the half that they would have wanted. Forest showed great patience. I think it's a really good point in, in terms of the way Preston set up. And again, in the Championship, you're going to face all sorts of games, and there's going to be games that you think you're going to you, you fancy winning. You think you know you'll go and win, but patience is is got to be part of that, isn't it? You're not going to come out from the very first whistle and, and hammer teams in the championship. It's it's not it's not going to happen. But Forest showed great patience. But with that, I thought the crowd stayed with them as well. Um, there was no getting on the backs in that first half. You know, it was you know with Forest got the ball, you could see what they were trying to do. It's just really tough to try and break that Preston team down. But I mean, we finally get a penalty. Johnson finally gets a penalty, and it was great work from him today. He's lively. He's alert in the box. He, he, the ball's broken. He's he's gone to get a foot in it. He's been clipped from behind. I mean, it was a definite penalty. Going back because that's what we do now. Obviously, talking about Johnson and penalties. There's a few. You know, we go back to the QP, QPR ones. They were more stone walls than this one, but this was a penalty. Um, it was a right decision for me, and obviously a great finish. Never sure we grab him, but great finish for the penalty. And yeah, it, Forrest has to be patient for that, but definite penalty. Yeah, I think, you know, <laughs> Brennan Johnson probably deserved a penalty, didn't he? Uh, given the... He was going to get one. 
Yeah, the incidents in the last few games probably, you know, he had one coming. So, um, yeah, yeah, you know, it, it was a definite penalty, that one. That that one I'm not going to deny. And, yeah, I mean, this was Lewis Graben's 50th goal in a Forest shirt or 50th league goal, whatever it is. Um, Don't get me going again on the Lewis Graben loving, Tom, because uh, I, I was bending your ear on that on, on Saturday. But it's worth yeah. taking a moment, like you've raised it, the 50 goals. It's... it's I, for a man who's played in a team that does not create chances over the kind of the period that he's been at Forest, I, I think that's a, an amazing return and, and testament to the player that what a good player he is. Yeah, I think. Uh, wow, well, I was just going to say I find it funny that it was a penalty because I mean he's not always <laughs> been so prolific. Prolific at them. He'd be on about sixty odd if he could score. Penalties. If he could score penalties, yeah. I mean, but he scored this one. He scored this one. But yeah, no, it's a it's a testament to him, you know, and. Um, yeah, I mean, he's one of those players, probably more, you know, no offence to him, probably more so for maybe the way that he puts himself about in, in some games and just people's kind of assumption of him, maybe because they've seen one Sunderland's documentary on Netflix. Um, you know, probably he gets a bit more criticism than others because of this just assumed, uh, you know, people assume they know, know his personality traits and, and what's not. But look, he's done well to get 50 goals for us. Uh, when we signed him for the for the figure that we did, you know, he's, he's come up with many important goals over his time at Forest Dante. So, um, look, that was that one was, the, although from the penalty spot, was was another one because it got Forrest going in some respects. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, and I think you know you're obviously going to come on to it, but you know it, this it almost seemed like this one, probably given the frustration that Forrest had in the first half, needed some of the experienced heads to kind of get Forrest Forrest going. This one, obviously, Brennan won the penalty, so not saying the the, the younger lads didn't do anything, but obviously, grabbing putting that one away, and then obviously the next goal from an experienced head as well. Well, let's not bypass straight to the next goal because the next mm. big moment of the game was, I mean. He's done so well. To, I mean, the technique, I mean, I had to check it was in. But the technique to bring it down and then roll it, and he's just put it wide. But the chance by Ryan Yates in between the two first-half goals was absolutely outstanding. If that had gone in, it would have been an unbelievable goal. But, I mean, he was unbelievable. He was brilliant again. I mean, both of them in midfield, Jack Colback and, and Ryan Yates, have struck up such a good partnership. We've talked about how good Jack Colback was when we were talking about the, the Sheffield United game. Let's just talk about Ryan Yates briefly because he he's someone that again another player that gets a lot of criticism rightly and wrongly because you know some of it's justified in the past but really since Steve Keep Steve Steve Cooper Steve Cooper's come in it's just another player who just looks completely transformed you know he looks he looks like a completely different player in terms of what's being asked of him. I think he's, you know, he's always been physical in the way he, he kind of puts his body on the line. And we joke last season that how many blows he took, but he's he, he just he's absolutely phenomenal in terms of how he's playing at the minute. And um, again, I thought he was he was he was exceptional on uh, on Saturday against Preston. Yeah, I think you know first things first. Uh, obviously, a lot. I of people, set you up, by the way. You set me up here. Segment to try and set you up, but we did. We said, did we? That the, the pair of them, what we go, the engine room for Forest on Saturday were, were brilliant. Yeah, yeah. Ryan Yates is living in my head rent free. Um, no, no. I feel like you know before we get going, people go, oh yeah, now you're a fan of him, blah blah blah. I think 
let's go. Some of the criticism before was was justified. So you know, I'll not go any further into that one. But um, no, no one can doubt the performances over the last few weeks or since Steve Cooper's been in charge. He does. He, players deserve criticism when they're rubbish, and he's had a fair fair few critics, and they deserve it when they're doing well. When he's doing very very well, and I think yeah, I mean. I would have put that that goal away that he should have scored in the in the Preston game, but uh, but you know he's performed exceptionally well. I think him and Colback together have been you know two players. I've just, you know I've I've been a fair critic of of both of them. So you know both you know deserving all all the credit um, and all the praise that they're getting at the moment. So um, yeah, no another good performance by him, um, and obviously you know maybe those blows to the edge last season at the start of this one, whatever, knocked some sense into him. But um, yeah, I also think he's being asked to do a different role, isn't he? Maybe this, he's got a bit more of a box-to-box kind of, you know, he seems to have a bit more, um, I don't know, a bit more freedom about him in the centre of the park, maybe, who's being asked to stay in, in one place uh, and not getting about a bit before, regardless of what it is and, and why his performances have, have differed and changed so much. His performances have been far better than than uh, probably any other performances I've seen from him before. So yeah, fair play to him. And the second goal just after that, that basically sees Forrest take a you know a really good lead into half time. Free kick, free kick is in the edge of the box, or straight to see that combat. I mean, what a hit! What a hit with that left foot. I mean, not quite as nice as I would have probably put it away in my left foot, but absolutely like stunning finish, wasn't it, on the volley? And uh, I mean, super, super Jack with getting in the goals now as well. Obviously, after his goal at uh, at QPR, just really tops off that 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 comeback that we talked about. But yeah, Forrest, Forrest it's always nice to get that two goal cushion, isn't it? But it got a bit sloppy, didn't they, before half time? There was a header from Joe Worrell that kind of just about made it back to the keeper, and uh, and and Brad Potts for for Preston, we had an absolute guilted chance right on half-time that he should have put away. Um, yeah, Forrest, that was a little bit of a warning to them, wasn't it? That they needed to, uh, they needed to, to, to be a bit careful, just be a bit careful on the, on the, um, on the approach back in and, uh, and, and not really let Preston back in the game. Yeah, I think, well, it goes back to the old cliche, he's done it at the game, but when you tune a up, almost, you almost feel a bit more vulnerable. Uh, so for whatever reason, you know, you could be one nil up at half time, but you know that you're only one nil up. So you, you might go for it and not take your foot off the gas, but being two nil up, you can take your foot off the gas. And I think, you know, Steve Cooper again, maybe lean towards this in his post-match interview, but, you know, we'd already touched on maybe the first half wasn't kind of the performance we were all expecting. I think Steve Cooper probably gave him a bit of a, a few words of warning, let's say anyway, in terms of making sure, yeah, you tune them up, but you know, it could be very different if you if you take your eye off the prize. So look, they had a few moments just before half time. Um and I think it was important that um that yeah, obviously they came out afterwards with the same or or better intentions in some respects than they did in the first. Mm. It was tough after half time, wasn't it? Because yeah, you want them you want them to go out there and get the third goal just to settle it and Really enjoy that second half, but it was a battle. You know, Forest couldn't really get going again, and, and Preston were always going to have that spell where they, you know, they need to try and get back in the game, and they were going to try and obviously get on top of Forest. And um, I mean, they didn't really trouble Sambo. He's not again; he's not had too many issues to deal with. But 
they did well just to stick at it, didn't they, Forrest? When it wasn't quite going for them and they needed to dig in and just protect that two two goal cushion, they really kind of stuck at it and then look got their third goal, which was absolutely I mean, brilliant work from Brennan Johnson. He he had them on toast when he when he runs at any defence in this league, you know, you feel like he's always going to get the better of them. And I thought he was brilliant again on Saturday. He's all over the pitch, causing them trouble. He kind of gets he, he gets in there, chips it over, doesn't he? And I mean, grabbing, gets the goal, gets something on it, comes in off the post and just about squeezes over the line. But I just, again, brilliant goal, game over. Um, but, but yeah, great work from Johnson. Yeah, I think, again, Johnson caused problems all afternoon, didn't he? And, um, you know, he's, he's definitely showing what he's about in terms of what he brings to 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 Forrest and the threat that he's got. And maybe, you know, that helps some of the players around him and someone like Lewis Grabbin, who's able to kind of sit in and do what he does best and, and poach, as well as obviously the other aspects of his game that, that he's got as well. I think before even kind of just talking about that goal is probably Forrest's game management was probably, probably the good thing about this game is we've seen a very different sides to what a Steve Cooper side under at Nottingham Forest can do. We've seen a lot of the lovely football, the attacking intent, the pace, the, the passing, um, the, maybe, you know, lack some killer instinct at time, but we've definitely seen the fact that the intent in games is to, to get forward and score goals and the last minute winners and, and what's not. And this one was a bit more of a kind of a game management game. Look, get the goal. We've got the quality so we can get the goals. Now it's about managing the situation. And I think that's that's the one thing they did very, very well in the whole game and probably did end up deserving the third purely because of that management of that second half. They never kind of took their foot off the gas. Um, and that probably just goes to show the, the kind of atmosphere that's in that dressing room. I think Steve Cooper and the staff said as much and they listened. So... I think it was a you know deserved third goal, maybe not in terms of the attacking attacking play throughout the whole match, but more so how uh, they've dealt with the situations in the game. Mm. I mean, three nil is a it is, it's a, a, an absolutely cracking result. It felt you know it's a routine win. You look at that three nil, it's a routine routine home win. But you mentioned it at the start when we talked about this game. Forest haven't Forest haven't. They will definitely play better, won't they? And I think that that just touches on everything you just talked about there in terms of. They got the goals at the right times. They stuck in. They dug in when they needed to. And it wasn't a case of grinding out three points. Obviously, you've won three nil. But when they weren't, when it wasn't going for them, they had enough about them to, to control it. And that, that's something that we've not seen from a Forest side for quite some time in terms of having that game management and that control. And um, I mean, that comes back to you know the, the, the key players. I mean, everyone on the pitch in a red shirt really performed on Saturday. But you know that midfield duo that we've talked about were excellent. You know, Colback, man of the match, and, and and quite rightly so, he got his goal. So you know, he edged it. But there, there was a whole host of players there. Grabbins back, you know, back. I said it before, but back to his best. He got two goals. You know, he's on the score sheet. Both the fullbacks again were were, were superb in Spence and Low, um, and even the cast that came off the bench. You know, I mean, the highlight of the game has to be Lyle Taylor uh, giving it the big and done it. I mean, I must have watched that on Twitter so many times, and I just can't stop laughing. Um, it's just such a wind-up merchant. But again, that just kind of goes to show the mood that everyone's in, isn't it? It's easy to be a wind-up merchant. I mean, I think he'd probably be a wind-up merchant if we were losing 3-0, let's be honest, but just the type of player he is. But there is, there just seems to be a feel-good factor flowing all the way through the club at the minute. And um, it's just a great way to go into the break. They couldn't have asked for anything more on Saturday, I don't think. Yeah, I think, you know, Lyle Taylor won't, won't 
you won't want to be this, but you know, is is a good sub to to have because you know he just winds people up in some some games. That's what you kind of want. You want to ruffle a few feathers. But in terms of the result, yeah, it's it's a good result to end this element of you know this this run of games as we now go into the international break. I suppose you know. We've seen a few different sides to Forest in this little run, haven't we? We've seen them, you know, maybe deserve to be beaten QPR, but they're 1-0 down and have to rely on a final minute equaliser. We've seen them, you know, lose convincingly at home to, to Fulham, but um, maybe not deserving to, to have lost so much in that one. We've seen some other cracking games. And obviously this one was a bit more of a convincing management of the game, superb, and a really nice one probably to go into the international break on. So it'll be about which forest they want to be go after after this international break, you know, going into that next run of games. Um, I think what they'll want is to see some of the elements of the forest side that we've seen in away games and getting those final minute goals and, you know, having that attacking intent and, you know, having different sides to the game away from home, but they'll probably also at home want to see a bit more of, of what they've seen against Preston, which is managing situations as well as having a bit more bit more intent that they've shown away in some games. So it'll be interesting to see what they learn in, in this international break going into the next. No game, obviously, next weekend. So let's not dwell on it too much, but let's just talk quickly about that, that run-up, obviously, up until the FA Cup weekend, first week of January. Obviously, Reading away next up, which won't be an easy trip. And, and who knows what news Reading are going to face in the next two weeks. Obviously, they are potentially in the process of having a points deduction themselves. So, that obviously, what effect that has on them and what, what that penalty is, we'll, we'll, we will await and see. But nine games in that run-up to FA Cup weekend. Um, trips in there that on paper to West Brom, Swansea and Borinow, um, which again, we'll talk about in a minute, look look difficult. Um but they've also got the likes of Peterborough, Hall, Barnsley within there. You know, it, it's a look on, on paper that that nine game spell looks to be a, a good chance to really continue the progression that we've seen under Steve Cooper and hopefully continue that 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 rise at the table. And, and, and Forrest should be confident, Tom, shouldn't they? In reality, they, you know, for me, it's all about staying in touch. If you can stay in touch and, and give yourself a, jan- a chance going into that January transfer window. Um, and that January transfer window now looks like it's going to be a, 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 a potentially a big one for Forrest. Um, that'll be the hope, won't it, for Steve Cooper? Firstly, keep progressing, keep playing the way that we are playing, keep building that mentality and that team spirit and that, you know, the relationship with the fans. But, it, you know, deep down in the back of his mind, he'll be wanting to, to see Forrest just creep up that table and just make sure that, that Forrest is staying in touch with that top six going into that kind of January window phase. Yeah, and I think it's, a, it's such a tight lead, isn't it? That, it's crazy, you know, isn't it? Well, yeah, sometimes you can put so much pressure on getting the maximum out of every game. I and mean, that's what you want, obviously. But, but I mean, I look at the next run and I think, yeah, West Brom is probably one to be, Tough, yeah. to be slightly fearful of. Um, Middlesbrough maybe will be tougher now, given given their change in manager and this will be his first kind of his honeymoon period, if you like. Um, but every, everyone else, you know, for me is, is winnable. We say that about every game in the championship, don't we? But, you know, it will be interesting to see how Forest come out of this international break and, 
and you know hopefully it will be as similar for us to what we've seen in a lot of this first run of games under Steve Cooper I think you know there is nothing for them to be fearful of um even in some respects, the, the West Brom game. You just don't know what all of these teams are going to do. And I think this next run of games will be very interesting. I said it right at the start, but I always think this this running, this festive running, as you're heading towards the to the new year, you really start to see who, who will probably be in and around the top half and who will be in and around the bottom half. So it's, it's not one for us to be worried about. It's not a, a run that Forrest should be fearful of. But, you know, we have got to be understanding of it could be an important run for Forest. They've had to pick themselves up and play catch-up in some respects. So now it'll be how can they take advantage of all the hard work they've just done. And that'll be, you know, dependent on the amount of points they might take in this next run of games as well. I think that's a really good point. Because I think it's amazing that we're even having this conversation. We always said at the start that we thought this team, this squad of players were, were better than they were performing. The fact they've done so much hard work... They've made up so much of that ground. Well, they've, they've more than made up that ground, right? Obviously, we look at, look at the games now, the last 10 games, Forrest hit third in the form table. But that's a, a stunning turnaround. So Forrest really needs to capitalise on that and go again. And, 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 and just let's not worry about league table. People keep saying to me, people I know who aren't Forest fans who casually keep an eye on the championship table, keep saying, well, where are in the league? Like, what you know, you, you want to be in, that, in around that you know, top half in and around the top six. And of course you do. Ultimately, that's where we all want to finish. We don't need to be there until April, May. You don't need to be there till May. And it's all about just, just making sure that that points difference doesn't grow. I think if Forrest can, given the start that Forrest had, if Forrest are, are still within that three or four, and even six to six points, six points outside the playoffs going into that, that first week of January, they've got a smashing chance. And, um, yeah, I just think it's, you know, we said it in our season preview at the start. I think it's a, quite an average championship this year in terms of there's a group of teams at the top. And it looks like it's going to be four teams that will cement themselves at the top. There's only a couple of teams at the bottom you think might get caught adrift. The rest of us are all in there and it's all to play for. And it's so exciting. And it's uh, it's just an exciting time, I think, to be in and around Forest. And um, yeah, let's, let's, let's fingers crossed, obviously, they can continue to build on that after the break. Um, we've got to touch on Borough quickly before we go, just purely because I don't really care about Middlesbrough. Don't particularly like Neil Warnock. But obviously, the impact that obviously Warnock leaving Borough might have on Forest cannot be skipped over. Obviously, Chris Wilder in at Borough. Um, Jed Spence, obviously, on loan. Um, it appears, obviously, Jed Spence has got a recall in his loan this January. Um, Chris Wilder also favours a, a wing-back formation. He's got to be looking at that surely and wanting to bring Spence back. Um, difficult one, this, in it, for Forrest, Tom. I mean, he's been such a, a huge player for Forrest since he joined. He's been one of our best players week in, week out. The chances he creates, just the way he drives Forrest forward. Um, you would hope Forrest can some way find a way to keep dead Spence, but there's part of you that obviously just fears the worst now. Yeah, it's going to be a difficult one. I mean, it's always a situation with loans. I'm not one of those fans that, you know, obviously there was a lot of critics of Forrest going into the loan market. I mean, that naturally has to happen just because of what's happened over the last year, two years, whatever. Um, you know, there's only so much cash to, to play around with. Um, and Forrest saw an opportunity in the last window. I can remember when we signed him for 
he was a very good signing. Um, but the first one, the rumour was he was about to sign, there was the rumour that he was going to, you know, there's going to be an option to buy, which I thought was a, a great deal. That, you know, as far as taking advantage of a manager really not favouring who could be a very talented player, but just under the wrong coach. Um, and it's a shame, obviously, that's not the case by the sounds of it anyway. Um, and obviously, yeah, Chris Wilder, I think, will be a big fan of his. Um, obviously, I think he was at the city ground on on Saturday. And, and you know, obviously, probably, in, firstly, first and foremost, he was probably there because they play Preston there. In, in, in what will be his first game in charge after the international break. But obviously, you know, I'm sure Jed Spence will have caught his eye as well. And that'll be certainly something he'll be looking to to do in, in, in the January transfer window when the option comes to, to recall him. So it is a shame, but whenever you get lone players, you know, you have to be looking at, you know, what what are the next steps and who, who will be the person to replace him if you can't keep him, you know, that will have been the case you know, for Forrest, hopefully, I'd like to think if they didn't sign James Garner back on loan, who who else were they going to get? Um, the case will have to be the same for, for Max Lowe as well. Um, they've obviously got Draeger. We've not seen him yet because Spence has been so good. Um, so it's a really interesting one. It's a really interesting one, you know. Um, but we don't know the ins and outs. And also what we've also got to think is there'll be bigger conversations to be had because if Chris Wilder has a conversation with Jed Spence and he says, you know, I don't want to come back to Middlesbrough. I want to stay at Forest. Not saying that will be what happens, but let's say he did. You know, will Chris Wilder want to play that doesn't want to be at Middlesbrough anyway? So there's lots of things to to develop and happen with this one, I'm sure. And I don't think we've quite heard the end of this one quite yet. If I was a betting man, I'd say, yeah, he's probably going to be back at Middlesbrough for the second half of the season. But because uh, unfortunately, although player power is a thing, it's not always quite in their control. Um, and I'm sure he'll respect the fact he's been at Middlesbrough for so long and he is on loan. Um, so it will be interesting to see what happens, but it's uh, it's not over till it's over. Yeah, uh, this, this one, as I say, I think this has got, unfortunately, it's got a while to run. Um, he's here till January. I've given the impact that, you know, the way he's enjoying his football, I don't think it's, a, it's an absolute cast iron certainty that Jed Spence will go back. I think there is obviously a likelihood there because of obviously the way that Chris Wilder plays and obviously the form that, which is testament to, to Jed Spence, the way that he's played. But some of that's obviously got to go down in terms of the way that he's enjoying his football at Forest and he's enjoying working with Steve Cooper. So, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how it, it plays out. I think your point there around recruitment, I think Forrest would have had an eye on this anyway in terms of when that clause is in that contract uh, in, in, the, in the arrangement... There's always a likelihood, right? You just you don't have players that are going to perform. You don't know what's around the corner. Um, football's a, a, a funny old game, so I'm sure Forest have got the finger on the pulse. I'm sure they've obviously got the, you know things in their mind if, if certain scenarios were to play out. But fingers crossed that so Forest in some way can keep Jed Spencer at least the summer because uh, absolutely unbelievable talent. And now you can see, you know, I think we were slightly surprised on weren't we, when we signed that he was being linked with the likes of Leicester and Southampton. He ends up at Forest, but you can quite see why now that some Premier League teams are having a look at him, even if Warnock and Borough at the time didn't fancy him because absolutely exceptional talent at such a young age in this league. Oh, yeah, definitely, definitely. And, uh, you know, look, we'll see, we'll see how this one plays out. I think, uh, 
there will be more people in Sheffield. He could he could go back to Middlesbrough in January because someone in the Premier League wants him. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, yeah, exactly, yeah. That's not completely out of the question. You know, I reckon the lads probably knows that there'll be a few other options and the people interested in him in the first place. So, um, for all we know, look, it would be gutting for him to go back to Middlesbrough. I suppose the positive then would be at least he's not left us to to go to a, a championship rival. He's gone to get his move to the Prem. So we'll see what happens, you know. Um, but, you know, whatever happens, hopefully Forrest have got a plan of attack in place. Right, let's wrap it up there. That's a really good episode. I enjoyed that. We enjoy all of our episodes. I mean, sometimes it's nice to talk about Forrest winning games, picking up points and moving up the league. Um, if you want to email us, you can get us at timeaddedonpod.outlook.com. Or you can give us a follow on Twitter at Time Added on Pod. Or you can give our blog a read, timeaddedonpod.wixsite.com forward slash home. International break coming up. I'm not quite sure I'm going to film my weekend, Tom. But everyone out there, enjoy it. Enjoy the break. Enjoy Reading away. And we'll see you in a couple of weeks' time. You're it.